Pastor Xavier Reese, noting the potential for sin around the table at the Last Supper. Jesus declares that one of them would betray him, and the disciples looked at each other perplexed. Can you imagine that? They all looking around, shocked. Each one of the twelve became sorrowful and said, Listen, is it I? Every one of the twelve knew they had the potential to betray Jesus. Don't miss that. Listen, you are in his place as a potential. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It was at the Last Supper that Jesus announced that one of His own apostles would betray Him. But even more remarkable, though, was the fact that after each left everything behind to follow Jesus, they all had come to the same startling truth. It could be me. Pastor Xavier delivers the continuation of a Simple Truths character study today of Judas Iscariot, encouraging that we all take stock of the ramifications of our choices. Let's listen. First of all, Judas is listed as one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. We see this here in Matthew. Judas had to have had, by the very nature of Jesus choosing him, promised to be a John or a Peter. Jesus doesn't choose losers. All right? Keep that in mind. Notice he did not leave Jesus when all the others left. And remember in John chapter 6, around verse 66 down through 71, 72, when Jesus gave some hard words about eating his body and drinking his blood, and they all said, hey, this is too much blood. And many left him. John tells us in verse 66, from that time many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. And then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Judas was hanging on. He didn't walk away. Judas was attracted to Jesus for what he could get from Jesus. His commitment was not out of a pure motive. Secondly, Judas was chosen by Jesus knowing he would betray him. Again, he knew. Jesus knew the prophecies that had to be fulfilled regarding Judas in the Old Testament. Remember David in Psalm 41.9? It says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Prophetic of Judas Iscariot. The emphasis is being on the closeness and the intimacy of betrayal to appear as a friend while being a traitor. Jesus in the upper room, remember, there as he washed their feet in John 13, 21, Jesus said, more surely I say to you, one of you shall betray me. Jesus was not caught by surprise. Jesus knew it all along. But thirdly, Judas was not predestined to be lost nor was his free will ever violated, because here's where people go wrong. Listen and listen well. The scriptures needed to be fulfilled, and they would be. For God cannot lie, and he knows the end from the beginning. Numbers 23, 19, and Isaiah 46, 10 tells us that. After chapter 40 of Isaiah, over and over again, he says, Tell me of things before they happen, so when they happen... I can declare you God. I know the end from the beginning. I say and show things before they come. So when they come to pass, they know that I am God. I'm the only one. There never has been anybody else. 
I love Isaiah after 40. The man Judas Iscariot also had a free will. And God never violated. So you have God's side, the divine side, then you have the human side. If God violated Judas' free will, then God would be unfair and unjust to hold Judas responsible for something that he was forced to do, let alone punish him. Every person has a free will of choice to obey and be for God or disobey and be against God. What is for sure and certain is that God never predestined Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Or he would be unfair. The man Judas will stand before God for his choice and his deed. Jesus said, listen, but behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Luke 22, 21, and 22. Matthew tells us it would have been better that man never be born. Matthew 26, 24. Awesome words. Let me tell you, every time you read the word woe in Scripture, I've told you often, it doesn't mean he's on a horse. It's judgment. The beautiful combination of divine and human is represented and accepted without any question by Peter, pointing out the prophetic apostleship of Judas to be taken by Matthew in Acts 2, 22 through 26. You remember Peter standing up and he said, in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, all numbering 120 men and brethren. This scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of the prophet David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part of this ministry. He was quoting Psalm 41.9, fulfilling scripture. He had no problem with it. He wasn't saying, oh, well, well, poor Judas, he didn't have a choice. Boy, God was really cruel. He could handle the divine and the human knowing that the divine makes no mistakes, but the human does. He knew that the divine never makes a bad choice, but human always does. Peter then quotes the Psalms again. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one, no one live in it, and let another take his office, quoting Psalm 69.25 and Psalm 109.8. And then Peter moves on to give the requirement of the apostle being with Jesus from his baptism and seeing him in the resurrection, so on and so forth. And they choose Matthew, and they ask that God choose a lot and God chose. Now some people think that that was a mistake. I don't personally believe it because he's quoting scripture to fulfillment. I believe it's accurate. Peter didn't think God was unfair or unjust. He didn't think that Judas was innocent of the betrayal, having no choice. He accepted both sides as done. If anybody ends up in hell, if you end up in hell, know for sure that you will end up because of your own doing. 100% your own doing. And if you end up in heaven, know one thing for sure, it will be 100% God's doing. God is very loving, very just. He proved it by crucifying His Son. Consistent principles regarding God's judgment of man is always a measure of light that he or she has received. This is clearly seen in the parable of the faithful and evil servant. For those who much is given, much is required. Luke 12, 48. 
Jesus said, listen, the master of that servant will come in a day when he does not look for him and at that hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him to portion with the unbeliever. If he was an unbeliever, he would appoint, why would he say unbeliever? There's a contrast there. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving the stripes shall be beaten with few. Why? Because the measure of light is the measure of judgment. Parents, we discipline our children more severe if we've warned them, if we've taught them. God is the same. The clear reconciliation of predestination and free will shall be understood in its full end only in eternity. But we should be clear that each of us are completely responsible for our choices before God. You cannot blame anybody for your choices. We are in a generation that wants to cop out parent bashing. We're all dysfunctional, codependent, enablers. Really? No, we're just rotten sinners looking to blame somebody else. If it isn't the Twinkies, it's something else. Samson chose to live for his flesh. It killed him. Great potential. Called out by name before his birth. Do you think God made a mistake in calling him? I don't think so. I think Samson did. He made some choices. Saul chose to rule through his own wisdom. God gave him over to a satanic spirit. David chose to believe he could get away with adultery and murder. He paid the price dearly. He made a choice. People, these are real people recorded in Scripture to warn you and me, not the non-believer. These men walk with God. It should be red flashing lights for every one of us. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. This was the apostle Judas Iscariot. You see, he kept, every time there was a conviction, he kept saying, ah, I can handle it. Ah, you know, just, ah, ah, and you get further and further and further. And the ground gets shakier, the ice gets thinner. Notice lastly, we have the betrayer, Judas Iscariot. First of all, Judas was like the other 11, keep that in mind, who wanted to be in authority and have prestige in the kingdom. All of them did. You remember the conversation that was always before them. Who was the greatest in the kingdom? Mark 9, 34, Luke 22, 24, John 13, 16. Jesus didn't even bother talking to the knuckleheads anymore at the Last Supper. He just began to wash feet. All of them wanted greatness, but they didn't have it. They didn't want to be servants. They wanted to be served. Judas was just like them. They were just like Judas. But there was a distinction between the eleven and the one. The eleven yielded to the transformation, while the one hardened his heart. There's the difference. They would be patiently molded and transformed into the image of Christ. They would be like wax who is melted by the sun, while Judas Iscariot would be like the clay who is hardened by the sun. 
same sun. The difference is the material. Remember Matthew, the kingdom parables. Four different soils. It speaks of the heart. The wayside, hard, stony ground, thorns, good ground. But secondly, Judas revealed his God without realizing it one day. We find this in John chapter 12, verse 1 through 7. You remember the location is at Bethany, the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, six days before the Passover, verse 1 tells us. And verse 2 tells us the occasion was supper for Jesus, and Martha was serving, and Lazarus was sitting with Jesus. And Mary took a pound of very costly oil, of sprinkler oil, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped them with her hair. And in verse 4 and 5, Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, said, Listen, the first words recorded of Judas Iscariot, what are they? Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? One year's wages. Sounds so spiritual. Everything was so great, the environment, and it was just like dropping a bucket of cold water. Boom, everybody turns around. Oh, bummer. Without realizing it, Judas was implying that he was the most faithful of all the twelve. He was considered the poor. In fact, without thinking, Judas was implying that Jesus himself was a bad steward and maybe the greater culprit of all of them because he allowed this woman to do so instead of caring for the poor. Whoa. John in his commentary in verse 6 of this event tells us that Judas did not say this because he cared for the poor but because he was a thief and the money box he pilfered from it. He put it away. Apparently, Judas' scariest talents were in accounting. Him and Matthew must have had much in common. But how differently they turned out. Judas and Peter had much in common. But what a difference they turned out. Choices. Jesus rebuked Judas by commanding that they leave Mary alone. For she had done the deed in preparation of his burial. The only one, the dirty dozen, the spiritual wonders, they have no idea that he's going to die, though he's told it right to their face, this woman is the only sensitive one. My Lord is going to die. Judas had a God. It was money. Judas was a treasurer. Jesus had warned the twelve that where their treasure was, there would their heart be also in Matthew 6, 21. What do you think Judas was thinking when those teachings came forth? These are the first recorded words of Judas. Similar words are recorded also at the house of Simon the leper. You would almost confuse the account to be the same, but it isn't. They're two different accounts, which means that this happened more than once. You see, he, he loved to let people think that he was spiritual. Let me tell you, all of us like people to think that we're more spiritual than we really are. We have to be careful. Thirdly, Judas' decision came to betray Jesus. The particular decision was at the point in time, and it was in secret, and it would be unable to be undone. Keep that in mind. Both Matthew and Mark there tell us that the first meeting took place after the anointing at the house of Simon the leper. 
Luke also records the event, and the betrayer is possessed by Satan in Luke 22, 4 through 6. The particulars for the three synoptic gospels are incriminating. Judas went to the chief priests. Judas asked them what they would willingly give him for him to deliver Jesus to them. And they counted out 30 pieces of silver. Today, about 10 to $20 worth. You know, some people sell out cheap, don't they? Judas, from that time on, sought opportunity to betray Jesus. All along, he kept walking with Jesus as his apostle. The particular sign that Jesus gave was at the celebration of the Passover in the upper room in John 13. The first two verses tell us that it was a Passover feast and Jesus knew that the hour had come and he should depart from the world to the Father. And having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them to the end, to the uttermost. That included Judas. When you read that, remember Judas. He loved them to the uttermost. Jesus declares that one of them would betray him and the disciples looked at each other perplexed. Can you imagine that? All of you there. And he says, one of you is going to betray me. They're all looking around. Shocked. The amazing thing recorded in Mark's gospel is that when Jesus said one would betray him, each one of the twelve became sorrowful and said, listen, listen, is it I? Do you believe that? Every one of the twelve knew they had the potential to betray Jesus. Don't miss that. That's why he said, don't listen to this study and say, that's stupid, Judas. I couldn't. Listen, you are in his place as a potential. And I. Luke in particular tells that Jesus was speaking to his disciples about rising up and praying lest they should fall into temptations. And Judas came with the multitude. He drew near to Jesus and he gave him a kiss. Luke twenty two forty seven. 47. This is the sign. This is what treachery is. You let somebody so close, someone you're intimate, someone you trust, someone you would open your heart to, and they stab you. The sign of a kiss. The word kiss is repeatedly. Not just one, but all over. Man. I think Jesus' heart was broken. I don't think he was mad. Jesus said to Judas, Judas, are you betraying me with a kiss? There's no greater sin than the sin against love when someone opens their heart to you and you betray them. You lie to them. You dishonor them. You betray their trust. John tells us the details about the sin of betrayal in the first seven verses of chapter 18. Verse 2, he betrayed the place of secret fellowship. He only knew where Jesus was. In verse 3, he betrayed Jesus to the religious, military, and political powers. In verse 4 through 7, he was given an opportunity not to give the sign of the betrayal, the kiss. How? Jesus went out and said, I am he. Jesus attempted to turn him to the very end. Judas, you really don't have to give the sign. There's still time. Who do you see? Jesus, I'm he. Judas, here's your last chance. He comes forward. Fourthly, Judas was a hypocrite par excellence. As we look to this point, he consistently and progressively hardened his heart to the will and plan of God. He was not suspected by the others at all. Judas yielded to the confirmation of the world rather than the transformation of Jesus. The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. It's a choice. But fifthly, Judas knew the magnitude of his crime. How? By taking his own life. Listen well. 
He had remorse rather than conviction. Matthew 27, 1 through 10 tells us, Judas seeing that he was condemned over betraying innocent blood, he attempted to return the 30 pieces of silver. And they said, what is that to us? See it to yourself in the first four verses. Then verse 5, Judas threw the money in the temple and departed to hang himself. Acts gives us the full thing in Acts 1, 16 through 18, where the rope broke and he tumbled down and his bowels gushed out and he just bursted. The chief priest took the silver and said, it's unlawful for us to put this in the treasury because it's the price of blood in verse 6. And so they consulted together and they bought a potter's field according to the prophecy of Zechariah 11, 12 through 14, fulfilling the scriptures. You think Judas Iscariot knew what he did? Absolutely. Do you think he knew the, the severity of his decision? Absolutely. He went to man rather than God, yet Jesus gave him many opportunities to repent. Listen, I'm going to run some of you by, okay? Listen to him well. The Lord rebuked him for his hypocrisy when he objected to the anointing of his feet. That was a warning. Repent. The Lord washed his feet, looked right into his eyes. Repent. The Lord said that he would give him the sob to the one that betrayed him. Another opportunity to repent. The Lord said, Judas, what you do, do quickly. Another opportunity to repent. The Lord said, do you betray me with a kiss? Another opportunity to repent. Over and over and over again. And he refused to repent. He refused to yield to conviction. He damned his own soul for all eternity. Rather than to delight in the eternal one, he went to his own place. Listen, it has been said, so a thought, reap a deed. So a deed, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Every person starts off great, with great potential in the Lord, if they will cultivate and properly refine that in God's will, in God's word, and by God's spirit. It's a choice. Every person has a sin nature that is bent on sin, and sin is never static. Listen, sin is progressive. Sin, is, if it's not checked, it will grow. Romans 6.12 tells you that. Sin, if not turned from, will callous your conscience. 1 Timothy 4.2 tells you that. If sin is not reckoned dead, it will kill you. Galatians 5.16-17 tells you that. It will destroy your life. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Proverbs 29.1 says that. Every person chooses to play the hypocrite or the example of Christ in church. If you choose to be a hypocrite in the midst of God's people, you will spend eternity with all hypocrites. Job 8.13 says, So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hope of the hypocrites shall perish. If you choose to be an example of Christ, you will spend your life in peace and contentment, and one day with God. James says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Every person can be a type of Judas. Never forget that. Throwing away lost opportunity, ignoring the wasting of high privilege, living for the love of money, even willing to betray the Son of Man and abusing the patience of God. Judases are not found in the world. Listen, Judases are found in the church. A man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. Proverbs 18.1 says, Stay in fellowship. Don't be a lone ranger. This was the betrayer, Judas Iscariot. And so the life of Judas unfolds before us in these three vantage points. The man Judas Iscariot, the apostle Judas Iscariot, and the betrayer Judas Iscariot. Do not think yourself beyond Judas Iscariot. 
But you say, is it I, Lord? Unless you think yourself above the twelve. Pastor Xavier Reese, closing with encouragement to reckon the old man dead while concluding our Simple Truths character study of the Apostle Judas. Just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled Judas Iscariot, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is simply Judas Iscariot, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 